1920 like depression New York. Tenements from like New York in the 1920s. And yeah. those, those houses, like I said, 20 years ago, I wasn't even 21 yet. And a bunch of friends of friends had moved into those houses there on 16th and Lincoln. And, and you can live in them for like 300 a month. It an was entire not, house. it was not horrifying. It was horrifying now. And now, now they are wretched. There's people living in those U-Haul. Yeah. All in the way along 16th. Yeah. Yeah. Like living. There's literally, like, literally, there are tarps covering their roofs. Like, 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 like just anything that can patch a hole. Like, I, like, I'm pretty sure I've seen, like, cookie sheets, like, And what's crazy is to the west, so you go to, uh, well, Delaware, where Pony Express is, where where now Gussie and Alex live, up. So, like, past 8th Street, like 10th and Delaware, right on the corner of 10th and Delaware is the southwest corner of baseball field at Harding. Yeah. If those houses there just fine all the way to the Erie Manor, all the way to Rite Aid in the West Erie Plaza. Those are nice. Yeah. Nice Cape Cod style. Yep. One and a half story, you know, sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollar houses. Oh by like Ventiles? Yeah. Yeah, those are well no. Well East of there. East of Van Tile. Yeah, yeah, I know East what you're talking about. Yeah, they're because, not bad at all. You know, because once you get to Van Tile, that's that's my parents' neighborhood. You okay. know, Indiana, Nevada, California, you know, those are all, you know that starts getting yeah. into There's you know, just this big like semi triangular chunk from like the east over to like that like you know eighth street, eighth eighth and green garden thing that's just gross. And because, that one little island. Because even when you get up past yeah. the track, so if you go up Green Garden, that first... Then what do you, like, what do you do? Like, do you offer, do you build... That's the problem. That's that's the great dilemma is what do we do? And the only answer so far that people have come up with no one likes is you tear them something down, you build it, like, over by, uh, on parade in, like, uh, 16th or whatever, like, before the train track bridge, they b- are building those, like housing units that are for the poor and they're subsidized they say that it costs them however many millions of dollars to build it and it's going to be affordable for people if people can still live there they there will not be enough time like it take them like 50 years to pay for it with how much people pay rent it literally will take them like 50 years to pay for the building costs with right. how much it costs for rent there yeah because you have to have like upkeep costs and all that so it's it's so the only way they can accomplish that is by subsidizing it. And most people don't like that because they go, well, my tax money shouldn't well, be going to those people. Like, well, thing. what would you rather have? It, that's was, what it, that, it was the last yeah, thing the downtown that's, partnership. That's one of the, like, the, the hardest thing to to put, like, to, I would I rather guess, explain, explain to people is here's your long-term Yeah. Uh, would you like slums or would you not like slums? Yeah. Here's here's what you're gonna pay in the short term yeah. to uh, pay for this development, and it's gonna cost this much. Mm-hmm. And 
here's your long term if you don't build that. Exactly. And it's a disenfranchised populace. Three times as much. A disenfranchised. On top of that, the human cost is a dif- disenfranchised, impoverished, poverty-stricken group of people are more likely to be desperate enough to commit crimes, uh, to live poorly, to be addicted to drugs, to escape from the life that they hate because they live in a cesspool. You know, not and that all I, of that, that is I'm, going to be on a burden to the yeah, rest of yeah, so, everybody else. But people don't like to hear that because they believe that they've had, they've worked for everything in their life, and you know, they're 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 truly globally historically privileged life really isn't that privileged and i've worked hard for everything i've gotten and someone's taking it from me to give to this freeloader downtown no you're it's an investment it's a human investment yeah but they don't see it that way because they're they're blind to it yeah well and it's it's not their kids yeah because most people like that are tribalistic and they only care about them and theirs and as far as they're concerned if you're not in that group and you don't contribute to my group or the group i view as you know the society at large then you're another, and I don't have to worry about you. I don't have to care about you. I don't have to take care of you. I don't have to do anything other than kind of have disdain for you. I guess, I mean, that's and really like... I don't want like... you to join us, because they also believe in the, 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 finale, the finite amount of resources there are to go around. So they don't want someone to join them and then possibly take from them. Yeah. So it's like they, they, the, the poor can't really win, you know? There's got to be some some way to, like, bridge that gap of, like, understanding or, the, like, that... Sure, you have to show each side how the other person people actually live. I don't know if it's... I mean, because how are you going to show that other than, like, putting exactly, you can't, them you can't. into that place? Like, there's got to be some kind of... I don't want to say analogy, but, like... You can't, you cannot show most of these people without making them live it themselves. Yeah. Or having them know someone who's lived it, who they care about. Like, some kind of, like, future, there's, like, uh, financial modeling of Don't showing, it, showing yeah. them, like, here's, here's your personal finances and your, your family finances in this situation and it, it's cut off and it drops because of this situation if you allow this if, if you allow this population to move into this area and you invest into it yeah. and in 20 years and the next two generations profits off of that then you can see that investment like paying off yeah, there's well, gotta be like one of the ways that the partnership wanted to there's do. There's gotta be that kind of modeling. Yeah, one of the ways I think we present to you. Yeah, that like, which I don't think is. I'm sure, we could, but no one really wants to see that. I think is a problem. That, but so, one, of, one of the ways to fix things, though, just just take no. like thirty seconds, Phil. Uh, Andrew Yang running for president right now. Uh, he's a really great guy. I would vote for him if he if he made it as a candidate. Uh, he wants to give everyone a thousand dollars a month, eighteen and up. UBI. UBI. Freedom dividend, or else no one will do it. <laughs> freedom dividend. He literally focus grouped. He's like, I have to call it the freedom dividend, or people will not <laughs> go for it if they hear universal basic income. He's like, it's human capitalism, which is you invest in people and make a return off of the, pe- the human investment. Uh, if you give people a thousand dollars a month, 
they can move into better places. They can invest in buying a house and making it better. They don't. They have more money to spend to make improve the economy and improve their situation. They can send their kid to college. They can do whatever. Just investing that little bit amount of money, and we, we could achieve it feasibly as a, a, a country economically. Yeah, that's one way to fix it. Help it because they they'll use it to better themselves. Even if they use it to buy TVs, they'll still be contributing to the economy. Right. What was your thought, Phil? Oh, I don't know. That's what the partnership did. The, yeah. la- the downtown partnership in 2000 and it's 19, 15, 12. The last thing, the downtown partnership before, before it now is becoming the last 18 months, the EDDC, they took from 9th and Parade to 13th and redid everything. All the way to Holland, German Parade. Yeah, that's that's something that one of the so so to that point, all of those people still now treat seven years later the same thing that was there the same way. Yeah, yeah. They put lipstick exactly on a pig. Exactly the same way. Is that if that's, you that's if you what, look that's on what, if you that's look, what Erie has been doing? That's that's the downtown partnership. That's what the Erie Investment Fund like all of in it. Between they've been doing like with that uh, parade reinvestment with uh, State Street reinvestment with all of the it's it's been all centered around commerce. It's it's been about businesses. It's not been about residential. It's not been in between Eighth and Ninth and Chestnut. They took that alleyway and put five houses on one side. You know, one and a half. You know, room upstairs. Yeah. Bathroom. You know, condominiums, sure. if you will. You try to walk down there right now at this hour. I wouldn't walk through there. Yeah. Yep, that's on no. on parade. They they have like the lamp posts and right. you know and the nice but looks it's, fantastic. But looks but fantastic. The the businesses along it, like their dilapidated nineteen thirties like brick buildings that they're like, well, you made the sidewalk look nice, but our buildings still look like garbage, and they're still like uh, they're still abandoned. They're and you still go shit. one block away, and, and it's it still like and that, like the that reason house, why friendlies is still horrible. Horrible. One block away. Yeah. And landlords are still like the reason why holding on to Tomos is still Tomos is because it's on the registry. It's aesthetic. It's aesthetic. Yeah. Uh, it's on the registry. Well, they need to. You I don't know. know. What would you? What would, what would you call that? That would be aesthetic of improvement or uh, perhaps cosmetic. Yeah. But you cosmetic, need which is instead, cos- what, what do people like to see? They like to see a boutique Main Street. That's what people like to see. Yeah. So if you want to revitalize Parade Street, make it look like a boutique Parade Street. Don't don't just make the sidewalk look nice and put some boutique lamps up. Boutique the facades, make them look nicer. But you can't force private businesses to do that. You can't take a building that someone own, has owned for fifty years and just doesn't give a crap about. But you and have to knock it you, down and you put have a, to. Yeah. If you're going to do something like that, you can't be so narrow. 
yeah. you have to encompass like the neighborhoods around exactly it. and that's the problem is that okay. how do you so afford that let's yeah. take ye old sweet shop and that's, that's something that's like a lot of like i don't know so like eerie the laundromat they spent all that money to reface that and they put an awning on there awesome that like, building that Banco owns, which is, which goes, the building that Banco owns is not the old uh, Quiznos. It's not 420 State Street. It's the building right next to it. So it's. We have our pepper bar. The old American surplus. And. I'm not even really concerned about State Street. State Street's fine the enough. Old, I don't. It's the, it doesn't. Yeah, State it, Street's fine. State Street's. We're play. talking about like parade and over there. Like, if you want to have that place be revitalized, make it nice enough to have businesses that people want to go to. People want to be around it because the more people are over there, the more people bringing their money over there, the more people will be pressured to change things and make it nicer because they'll be like, "Listen, I don't want my community so inhospitable that people aren't coming here to do things." I don't want my community so ugly that people don't want to be here because it depresses them to see the aesthetic of the surrounding yeah, but what, area. Uh, okay, so what do you do? Like, they need to be what, restaurants. What about like Denny's and and like Denny's and Red Hots? Red Hots. Like red, red people will drive from Lake City to go to that Red Hots. People will drive from Fairview to go to that Denny's and get ice cream because those are just. Staples that you they cannot need to be. They need get to be nice, anywhere else. They need to be there, but, but it needs to be a nicer facade. I don't care if it's just a facade. It needs to be nicer. There needs to be the, the pressure there, the standards there, because nothing is held up to any standard there. So you need to have a place where people are like, dude, instead of going to State Street, let's go over to Parade Street because there's some cool bars over there, there's some cool restaurants, uh, This there's a bike shop over there, whatever. No, nobody's going to fucking Marty's to catch a drink and get a fucking five dollar fucking Little Caesars. See, but that's the thing is like, because Marty's is actually a pretty cool place. Marty's is awesome. Yeah. And so it's. But you, it needs to be bigger. You can't just have State Street being the only place that people give a crap about. It has to be that. Otherwise, no one's ever going to care. No one's ever going to invest time, money, energy into making it better. That's why it's just this bubble that people just kind of pretend doesn't exist. And then from Parade Street, then it pushes out pushes into... Out. That's a revitalization. But instead, we just sit here and put this... We hem in this wedge of eerie that we don't like. And just like, oh, I have to go to certain places, I will. And, you know, it's not the worst, whatever, you know. You know, if you know where you're going, if you know the people, it doesn't matter. But we really just try to pretend it's not there most of the time. But it's there, and it's this festering slum that is just getting worse and worse as time goes on. And the police just keep them in there and, and hunt them like dogs because it's this world that's separate from nice Erie and separate even further from Mill Creek. It needs to be fixed, not just ignored. Yeah. Or not just have a and not, lipstick not put just, on a pig. Yeah, and not just pushed into yeah. a square. And it's just being condensed. Yeah. And the only places that they're moving out, the only way they can move is by moving, like creeping slowly up like Brown Avenue to like to, to like into my mom's neighborhood, to where now my mom's neighborhood is not the place I was, it was 25 years ago when I was a kid. Yeah. Or 20 years ago when I was a kid. Should it be? I, it's not as nice of a place as it was. You Should know? it be? Yeah. 24th and Plum? It used to be a good neighborhood. Now yeah, it's not. Yeah, 24th and Plum should always be 24th and Plum. 
24th and Plum should always be 24th and Plum. It's not as nice of a neighborhood anymore. It's it's full of it's way fuller of rentals, and that's where the neighborhood starts to go down. It's it's much fuller of rentals and people moving into it. It's it's it's. Well, that's because you can't. Nobody can, nobody's. You can't buy anything. You can. In Erie, in Erie, you need to make thirty-one thousand dollars a year to be able to afford an average house in Erie. And that's another. But the oh problem my. in Erie is that we have also our other problems that we've built our economy. We are on getting service. down to the systematic problems in our mm-hmm. economy. Yeah, our economy has been built over the last since the, the collapse Erie of industry. Is a service industry city where. The vast majority of those jobs pay between twenty-three and twenty-six thousand dollars a year, just enough to not be able to afford an average home in Erie. And even if you can, then you and really worker, workers have been on the uh, like at the mercy of landlords now yeah. for the past decades, 20, twenty years for decades. And you, even if you can't afford a house in Erie, because and make this is what it looks like thirty-five, this, this you can't is, afford to improve it because you're guess, just making enough to get by. This is what an economy looks like where you're reliant on where your economy is a service industry and you're, you have, uh, I guess, home ownership is landlords and uh, everyone that lives around is landlords or uh, renters. In order for Erie so, to, to be successful again, the population will probably have to be cut in half so that the appropriate amount of people exist where everyone it has almost it. is. There's 97... I looked at it, no, two, no, no, no. I looked at it no, two days ago. Even from now, I'm there saying... There is 97,000 people that Even from Aries. now, I'm saying. Like, it should be like, like 50,000 people so that... In, in, in terms of having a healthy economy where everyone has a decent job... Because right now there aren't enough of the good jobs to go around because everything that was a good job left. And only now, recently, in the last five, ten years, have more jobs been coming back and people have been, you know, new businesses have been growing and stuff. So I I think Erie in the next 20 years will be much more up and coming. But the problem is still is that everything is built around the people. The people who are left are like... Nick Scott's or the world who are like, well, I'm going to build a hotel because people are still going to be using hotels. I'm going to build this. I'm going to do that. And I'm going to employ a bunch of people making maximum $12 an hour. There's definitely, there's a, what do you think about, uh, and we're going to feed off of the people who are left who are still making money. A a generational gap where there's, I guess, uh, like the, the it just like hit in my head uh, the Scots obviously like have a ton of wealth in in Erie hundreds of millions but then who's the next like what's the next gen, what what's the next generation that is going to replace that or like that has that kind of level of influence or influence like, money I don't think there's a next generation there's just a lot of them there's the Scots the Baldwins the Pastores uh, isn't old, that all kind of like still on the same uh, 
they're, they're level. That, that, those families are old. They're there. They're, yeah. they're, there's, there's a bunch of wealthy people in Erie that are going to keep moving up. Uh, I think the tier, I think I would say not the next generation, but the tiers down from that, there's a lot of like construction wealth in Erie. Yeah. Uh, because that was what was left over when all the all the industry left was people are like, well, I'm gonna start a construction business. I'll start an electrician business. I'll do that. So there's a lot of those dynasties around Erie. Uh, they're like the tier down from the Scots, or two tiers down. But there's a lot of them because they and they're all left. But there's still a lot of wealth in Erie. There's a lot of old, older decades old wealth. Like there's a lot of rich people in Erie. And everyone that was left is just feeding off of their wealth. And there's a lot of people here that have good jobs, working for Erie Insurance, working for Velocity, working for GE, working for machine shops. The wealth that contributes back into the economy, not Mm -hmm. just like you work for this or that. Um, But the the wealth that contributes to the economy is people feeding off of those wealthy people with good jobs, remodeling their bathrooms. Uh, doing their electrical work, doing their new roof, building houses for people who are 30 or 40 who need to build a new house in development. Like, there's so much stuff going on in Erie. It's just that it's all the people that have concentrated their wealth and kept it or have been fortunate enough to get into a place where they have good jobs. Yeah. Uh, and the people, who are, the people who are successful under them are the people that are doing things for them, you know, trades-wise. And then the rest of us... Or the rest of the people in Erie are the ones who are even lower, doing menial wage slave work for them, like, you know, working at Target. Not that there's anything bad about working at Target, but you're obviously not, you know, making a shit ton of money doing that. Or working at Starbucks, or this right. or that. Right, Or working for the Scots at a hotel. Wow. But what are, what are what are the next industries that Erie needs to be a part of? What are, what's the way Erie can move forward? Erie has always viewed itself as kind of a little Pittsburgh, in my opinion. But it's we're, not. We're never big enough to get Google or Uber, and in, in, in the last five years, exactly. You get Erie Google and Uber and Lyft are all have hubs in Pittsburgh because when I lived there, Uber had just started, and now there's. They're, I think that Erie hubs. is just going to be an economy of people that live here. It's just like a. I think that Erie really could be an economy Small of town like town with big city problems. It is. So and it always always has like, been. Which is why we actually they, have a few things we shouldn't have, like a a, a big mall and so lots of art, college, arts and culture, and uh, some cool things we really shouldn't have for our size. But we're too big for our britches. But I think if a few more successful industries came to Erie uh, or successful businesses or whatever and set up shop here, Erie would be fine. Enough to support another, you know, 20, 30,000 people with pretty good jobs or people that work, do something that helps out that industry. Like there's a bunch of machine shops around here that do shit for GE. They don't work for GE, but they're part of right. the GE machine. Like hype or yeah, yeah. I yeah. I think that Erie should be a place where it's kind of like self-centered, like not necessarily. I guess kind of self-centered and self-sustaining. 
where it it's employment uh, mm -hmm. is centered around how it sustains itself. Uh, so, you know, there's, I'm not really sure how the distribution works, but, um, there's not really that much exportation of, like, services outside mm -hmm. of Erie. No, well, Erie... Because it, it, it's, it's not, it's not a large city. And it really doesn't have that much to offer, but it has a lot of people that live here. There's and potential, I think. Erie has a lot to offer. I think the problem is, is for the last 40 or 50 years, Erie has not tapped into its potential or even really cared to do anything to look into what is best, like what is Erie best suited at? What, how do we utilize that? Erie has always just been like almost this no plan drifting thing like Erie hasn't had a city planner for decades we do great now because there's 1.3 million people a year to come here in less than four months yeah well, and right that, now yeah, is right now is perfect but from September 1st till May 1st and part of what drives Erie negative. is Gannon and Mercier's. Like, Gannon and Mercier's spend so much money in local businesses because they feel like they have to. It doesn't matter. It's also on... It, they're all private entities that are untaxable. But what I'm saying is that Gannon and Mercier's, like, all the shit I buy is from local businesses. So that... At one point... There was a statistic at many, one point, many years ago Mercyhurst that was spending 47% of Erie's business. Yeah. Who wants was to go untaxable. To, who wants to walk up to Uptown Bar right now? Not walking to Uptown Browns. For Let's what? Uh, I'm buying a shot. That's part of the problem is that it's all the untaxable entities, but they're like no that because way. they all threaten to leave so Let's many times go. or whatever. But, no, um... Oh, fuck what was I going to say? No, but, like, at one point, Mercierist was spending $80,000 a year at one hardware store. Right. $80,000 a year. That supported that. Like, if they didn't, they, they could survive because of Mercyhurst. Mercyhurst is a beast that so many people feed off of. You know, it supports the local economy. Uh, your insurance, Gannon, they all do that because they have to flood money back in the economy because that's where it's concentrated. Yeah. But they're also untaxable, so that's part of the problem. They don't, they they choose what they put back into instead of just being forced to give it away. Uh, I don't like that, like UPMC and them. They're like, well, we put so much money into the economy. We do this, we do that. We shouldn't be taxed. It's like, yeah, but you write all that shit off, motherfucker. Yeah, UPMC is. A I personally terrible, think they're the worst offender. Terrible. Terrible. Well, it's, it's not... Save like this, my life You know, it's not once. just even UPMC. Allegheny Health Network, like, Allegheny Health Network crawled their way into this economy as well. And they're doing the exact same thing that UPMC did when they crawled their way up from Pittsburgh into Erie. And so it's... it's and it's health... It's 
it's crazy how much money you can make out of mm-hmm. uh, out of not supplying uh, health services, but insuring health oh, services. That's all it is, is insurance. Yeah, it's crazy. And when they control the hospitals, they control. They also control the uh, transport and distribution of medical supplies because they're like. You know how much we're spending on medical supplies and like syringes and and, and you know and sharps and right yeah you know, like so they just start buying them by the train load and giving them you know like and distributing them it's they they own control everything it's 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 absurd that's why they can afford to pay my girlfriend four hundred grand a year to do shit that like when she tells me what she does some days I'm like what did you do all day I'm like and that's gonna continue to be and like when she's not attending she's just gonna have. She's going to do shit. But she's going to have people who are the way she is now, like residents and interns and shit, doing so much work and raking in so much money. She's yeah. like, at some point, she's like, I'll be working like 35 hours a week and making like 400 grand a year. Yeah. And I'm like, well, how can they afford to do that? Well, because they charge ridiculous amounts of money. Yeah. Two and a half days in the MICU, Monitored Intensive Care Unit, was $93,289.16. Mm-hmm. I got the bill. Yeah. I paid six grand. But that's how much it costs in total. That's how. Yeah. You have to... There's just got to be a little bit more... A few more industries and businesses in the area that people can get good work off of and then you need to educate educate people more so that they understand their options more just communication you don't even necessarily have to sit there and educate them you just have to i'm good you just have to communicate what is going on not because there's give them the option to educate themselves yeah but you have to make it affordable too like just bullshit mercyhurst like, when they say, like, well, we've got so many things around here that, you know, it's, it's fine. Yeah, well, I, can be, I can't afford to go to Mercyhurst. I fucking work there. I can because of remission. Right. But it's not free like Gannon's is. Gannon's is free if you work there. Right. Barron's is free if you work there. But otherwise, like, you go to Edinburgh, you get a, excuse me, Mike, no offense, not the best education or uh, clout behind the diploma. Uh, these days especially from Edinburgh that's the only affordable place you can go to that's the only affordable place you can go to around here Barron is like one step up and it's still okay and it's at least Penn State but what are you going to go there for if you're not going for like engineering or like two or three other programs and then what are you going to do once you're an engineer leave because there's no engineering jobs here unless you luck out and get into the two jobs that are at GE and GE won't be here in 50 years or 20 years. Fuck that, 10. There is nothing saying there is no contract from Labtech or, or GE on either side saying that they're going to stay. They're just coming to an agreement financially. Nothing is saying, nothing is, nothing has been said saying we are going to stay in the Erie PA. They're not going to. 
they're never going to. They're going to leave. They're going to leave everything until it's it's. They're they're just going to piecemeal it away until there's nothing left, and they're they're close. Um, no, soon enough, Erie will be Erie Insurance, Lecom, UPMC, Allegheny Health Network, PA, and they'll run everything. You mean they don't already? They basically do. Uh oh, your cock ring's going. <laughs> um. <laughs> Not Magnum. <laughs> yeah. What what are what are we gonna do? What are you gonna do? There's got to be more more innovation, more ideas. It it's great to see places like Ember and Forge, and you know, little restaurants and stuff popping up and cafes and being successful because that means that people can make good money biting into those markets that have been stolen by a huge corp- corporations that don't invest back into the community. Or a place like Ember and Forge does, like they they're constantly promoting other people around Erie. It's great to see the food trucks around here eating up the food money that goes to McDonald's and right. and Arby's and, and, and shit. It's, it's good to see that. Uh, it's good to see Velocity Net taking on the superior, even in mostly in quality, Time Warner cable. I sw- I've been trying to get Velocity Net in my apartment. It doesn't us. matter. It's the same thing. It Honest, re- yeah, it is. Dave, it is David even told, tells me he goes, Time Warner is fiber all the way up until the telephone pole, and then from the telephone pole to your house, it's just a cable. Yeah. He goes, so you're you're not changing speeds at all. It's just that they save money not running it fiber optics to your house. Yeah. So their their national network is fiber optic. It's just up to your house. It's not. But he goes. But it's good to have that in Erie. It's good just it. It's good to see those things. But there's so much more. I I, I don't know what else people. I, that's the problem is that we we haven't as a city had, you know, long term developers and economic planners sitting around going, here's how to do this because we're always it was this you know Erie mafia thing going on. We were like, it doesn't matter. We're just living like kings, you know. Like, we'll just do whatever we want, and we had, like I said, we haven't had it. We didn't. The reason why Erie is such a dilapidated mess is because we hadn't have a city planner for the last like forty years. Yeah. How are you going to have a city that expands no and grows without a city planner? How are you going to do that? What? What? And they're like, do you understand that planning is communism? How are you going to have a city where you're trying to develop its economic? Growth. If you don't have an economic planner for your city, how are you going to advocate for your city to stop being the forgotten corner of Pennsylvania if you never do anything in Harrisburg or anywhere else or flex any muscle? That's one of the things that's like actually kind of I don't know. Have your is it uh, Ryan Bizarro? Uh, Ryan Bizarro is a. Fu- that's the other problem is that Erie is just run by a bunch of families. Why the fuck would I want uh, Ryan Bizarro? Uh, representing my interests. Yeah, that's it. That's why. Oh my god! Like, we had this. What was it? Four years 
I think it was maybe it was only two years. Kathy Dahlkemper uh, was a representative in the House. Kathy Dahlkemper's a lush. And yeah, but she likes to flirt with uh, attractive young men. A functional I lush. I can tell you that she she got a lot of federal money into the into Erie when she was in the House of Representatives. But, uh, but I don't know, like, who do we, who do we have in, I don't know, our representative in the PA house is, uh, dickhead, uh, Mike Kelly. Well, oh yeah. Dan Laughlin's not so bad. He's not from around here, though. The Republicans pulled him in here. We have Mike Kelly in the federal house of representatives. Kelly's a fucking dickhead. Kelly's a retard. Uh... Dan McLaughlin, who is Dan in Laughlin. the Pen- Pennsylvania House yeah. of Representative, who's like a weird like. He's he's just a candidate. He's he's, he's a, a a patriot that he, just does. He's like, literally he's from like Ohio or something. The Republicans pulled him in here, and they were like, "He's great." Yeah. He's but he's like a, literally a manufactured candidate. <sighs> you done, Phil? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. I think we should. I think we should go up to Uptown. <laughs> what's what's that Chicago band? Uh, J C Brooks and the Uptown Sound. Oh, no. it's, it's not, that that believe me, if you've never been to 38th and German, it has nothing to do with Uptown Brown. <laughs> Uptown Brown. 38th and fuck. I'm not fucking walking 38th German. What are you crazy? 30th. It's four blocks. It's four and a half blocks away. I thought you said 38th and German. I'm like, I'm walking 38th and fucking German. Four blocks away. We go up in, uh, we go up and, uh, get us a, a shot of, uh, what is it? Uh, gold. Rumplements? Rumplements? No. Oh, that's the other problem about Erie is that Erie, let's get a shot of Rumbleman. This isn't really related to anything we've been talking about. Come but, on, but come on. This no is the other problem we'll about walk, Erie. I I've swear to God, too much money Phil, as soon as you start walking, you're gonna be into it. I'm not going to be into Hunter Proof Colgate. You're gonna be. You're gonna. As soon as, as soon as we walk, as soon. As, <laughs> hey, how much did you hate walk like the idea of walking across the street and then? As soon as you discovered that there was like a trail, I stuck you to our. What do you think, Elliot? I do that one shot. I do that one shot, and it's over. I don't know. And that's no way. that's the great thing is that it's like one. Yeah, it's one o'clock, so it's one shot, and then we finish our beers. We. We go up, we have a shot, we finish our beers, and then we have a little bit of conversation, and then we go home. It's never one shot. It has to be one shot because... It's a fucking person over there. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was garbage on their, someone's driveway. Oh yeah, who knows. But it's a person, like, laying down. Let's do it. Oh, it is. I don't know, Mike. No way. What do you, what do you think? False. I think I think this guy doesn't want to do it at all. No way, Jose. Come on, Phil. No way, Jose. But well, real quick, and the other part part of the problem with Erie is that all the people that survived and had any measure of success after the collapse of industry 
became these really rough blue collar tradesmen like ultra selfish conservative people that are like fuck everybody else like if you're not in my clan i don't give a shit about you i'm here to work my ass off and do this and that and they don't give a shit about any of the problems that are going on because they all like moved out to fairview or waterford or like summit or some shit yeah and then we're just like fuck everything like we don't give a shit about eerie eerie is a cesspool that we don't want to fix because it's broken and you can't fix it we're just here to work our work hard and do right and be good americans and you know like you know what this is so they don't don't want anything to do with eerie even though they are the largest portion of people who are still in the middle class and have like enough to do something I don't know if there, it's a a factor of not getting education or like not knowing like so I think a, a great this is an it's an anecdote uh, and so I don't know like how how it translates out to but my father was a person that didn't get uh, he had to he had to get a, a factory job he had to drop out of college and get and get a factory job he had to work at hammer mill here in Erie damn 7.1 magnitude earthquake strikes southern California well, it's an aftershock. I have a lot of friends that live in East California, Southern California. Isn't that? Didn't they just have a six, uh, like a six point six? Five point six. Six point six. They had a six point six. Or six point six. It's the aftershock. It's the biggest earthquake in twenty years. That's not true. In California. Biggest earthquake ever was when I took a shit yesterday. I felt that. My turret hit the bull and rocked the world. Was it one log? Did it break the the porcelain? One solid piece, no splits. No splits, wow. Who's your your toilet manufacturer? (laughs) Oh my god. He asked who the toilet manufacturer is. Who do you think? It's fucking American Standard, bro. American Standard. American, That's right. Who do you think American Standard? The only, the only nationality able to make a toilet to, to handle to handle to handle an American, American shit. shit. <laughs> we went from blue collar fucking assholes to uh, oh man, American sized shits. Every once in a while, Lauren Lowry will post a, some good pictures. All I want to do... McDonald's ashtray. I looked it up. They're, oh, that is... They're, they're $8 on Amazon. I almost bought four of them. Yeah, do you guys remember smoking in restaurants? Yes. Yeah. Did you ever smoke in a restaurant, Mike? Yes. Like in Applebee's? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I ever smoked in an Applebee's. Yes. Like that kind of restaurant. 
you know like or like going to a restaurant and they're like smoking or non-smoking and they're like you're like non-smoking for my family then you're on the wall between smoking and non-smoking so it's basically like you're in smoking i remember smoking at burger king wendy's mcdonald's or that 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 memory you get that feeling you get when you're somewhere and there's italian food and cigarette smoke mixed together and you're like i'm in a restaurant in the 90s i love it yeah little bit of and you will know us by the trail of dead I still, I think the, uh, the non-smoking, smoking line will always be when, uh, the Plymouth had their, I can't, I can't tell you the date that it was, but. Me either, but I was there that night smoking after work, and the next and there morning. Was, like. There was the date that you could smoke, and then right. they cut it off, then you can't smoke the next day. I was there that and night that we could smoke, and we were all ripping cigarettes, chugging fucking Jaeger, and I showed up for work the next day, and it was like nobody had ever smoked in the plume ever. Yeah. You couldn't smell it in the wood. It out. You couldn't smell... I mean, there's only six hours in between... Four hours in between people not being there. I know, right? I just did the same thing. I'm like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> I don't like that. So I'm done. Uh... Yeah, I I made sure that it was like a a thing. I remember it was walking. like it was like it was more it was more of a thing that I made uh, than it was like my my birthday. I like, listen. You cannot smoke. We can't smoke at the Plymouth anymore, and I know I'm the only one out of our friend group that smokes. Right, but. You all have to be here to watch me smoke at least one and a half pack of cigarettes before they say that we can't smoke here anymore. I remember leaving for Rhode Island and I came back and Julie Bartosik was working at Calamari's at the time and I walked into Calamari's side door smoking and she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, smoking, getting a drink? She's like, you can't smoke in here. I go, what do you mean you can't smoke in here? She's like, it's not smoking. I was like, when I left, it was smoking. The sidebar at Cali's? No, just the bar in general. Ah. I walked in the side door. The side door? Which was, what was the last bar in Erie that... I don't know if 
you can really remember, like, which one was the last one to hold out? Because there's some that still do it. So, like, you can go, like, the one-way and smoke. You can go to the one-way you can smoke. You can smoke in 21 Hampton. You can smoke in Haggerty's. You can smoke in that place. There's tons of them still. But, I mean, like... I think... Scully's hung out pretty long. I think, yeah, Scully's is probably the last. Sullivan's. Yeah. Sullivan's. Uh. Sherlock's. Yeah. Real talk. The Friday buffet for free at Sherlock's. Oh, oh, oh yes. Was fantastic. Oh, it was. <laughs> Show up and buy one beer and then have multiple heaping plates of Swedish meatballs and, <laughs> and shitty pizza. And those salsa and sour cream roll-ups. that what's in your stomach with milk right now oh yeah you have Phil, you've got chicken Elliot. meat Elliot. barbecue sauce and alcohol in your stomach milk coats it dude I love it milk is gonna curdle in your stomach you say that I say that because I know the truth very false I've seen <laughs> I've seen Phil drink a lot of beer with milk and without milk. And he definitely does a lot better with milk. It's true. God, those nights of drinking all those fucking car bombs and fucking, uh, all those car bombs and fucking. Entire fucking families out there to watch someone light off some goddamn sparklers. Tomatoes. Tomatoes, yeah. The fucking... You know. Smoke bombs. Uh... It's kind of... I'm just, it's just lame. <sighs> Alright. Time to go night-night, Phil? I think so. I feel... I'm feeling you, man. Alright, Phil. <laughs>